Art is open to interpretation, but here's something that's totally clear. You can save on your bus trip to the First Street Transit Gallery to see works from CSULB students. Get your Go Beach Pass from Long Beach Transit for as little as $40 a month for unlimited bus rides. Then go check out pieces from your fellow students on display in downtown Long Beach. Great value and great art. It's as easy to understand as that. For more information on the Go Beach Pass from Long Beach Transit, visit ridelbt.com forward slash students. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. My name is Cindy Aguilera, and I'll be your host today. Joining me is Aziza Gomez. Aziza, how are you? I'm doing so good. Cindy, how are you? I'm good. You know, we are only a few weeks away from the end of the semester. I can see the finish line, and uh, I want to get through it. I want to get to the finish line. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) I was having, like, Stockholm Syndrome earlier today because I was at, like, a class that I don't really enjoy we had a really good time so I was like dang now that I like this class it's about to end I know don't you hate that I hate yeah. that <laughs> well um I'm glad that you are finally enjoying your class because that's important mm-hmm. um let's get started on this news shall we how about I kick it off does that sound good with you Aziza yeah it's perfect awesome so Reporter for the Daily 49er, Anna Acosta, writes that CSULB alumnus Jacqueline Urtes returns to campus as advocate for survivors of sexual assault. She is an on-campus confidential advocate at Long Beach State who works with Not Alone at the Beach. Not Alone at the Beach is a counseling program available at Student Health Center, which is comprised of confidential campus advocates that offer crisis intervention, advocacy, counseling, referrals, legal resources for anyone who's been a survivor of sexual assault or a victim of domestic violence. Jacqueline Urtes in the article is quoted as, I always wanted to fight, not physically, but figuratively fight for what is right, she says. Reflecting now, as I am saying this, it's not really surprising that I ended up in an advocate role. This is what I do, advocate for those who deserve to be heard. And I just really like this article because, again, you know, we see these stories about alumni who, like, have graduated and leave and then come back, you know, and, and that's what she did. She, she spent her time here and she found her calling. She wanted to do criminal justice and focus on this and throughout internships and stuff, she figured out like she really wanted to help out sexual assault survivors, um, especially because like our culture and our society harbors so much like toxic masculinity. Um, so I think it, you know, it's great and, and something to admire, right? Yeah, that's really awesome. We've had so many great alumni stories, right? I, feel, I have been feeling really proud to go to the school recently. Me too. Yeah, I love our school. Yeah, Shout definitely. <laughs> yeah, of course. And if you want to read more on this article and this amazing person, check this article out online at daily49er.com. Now, my second piece of news here is it's November, and that means it's Native American Heritage Month. Reporter Tyler Sakatani writes that this past Wednesday, ASI hosted the first in a series of events celebrating and honoring Native American Heritage Month. Sakatani reports that students and tribal members from various Native American tribes gathered at the Southwest Terrace in the United 
Students Union, or I'm sorry, University Students Union, to speak, learn, and drum and chant underneath the afternoon sun. I love how he wrote that. Tribesmen and tribeswomen from the Native American group Wild Horse Native American Association were center stage dressed in traditional garments as wicker, a type of straw that they use for basket weaving, sat in tubs of water waiting to be bent into baskets. The crowd applauded speeches about the importance of Native Californian traditions and the First Nations people's history of the very land that CSULB sits on. And, you know, we've talked about this, especially with like Pavanga and like all these, you know, like legal things that are going on. And it's nice, you know, to finally admit like vocally, you know, that Long Beach has a little bit of a dark history, you know, not like on purpose, you know, but it's, it is the truth that unfortunately our university occupies native land and therefore you know should be recognized right i think it's honestly about dang time that this is happening mm-hmm. i feel like this has been in i feel like partially this has been influenced by the students like mm-hmm. i know i've seen less tolerance of injustice and prejudice from our campus like especially i think i don't remember if it was like maybe my freshman or sophomore year we used to uh, there was um, we have like a statue on campus. I don't. Oh my god, I haven't been to Upper Campus in so long. Although <laughs> it's still there, but it was I think it was Prospector Pete or something. And I like walked by one day and he had like a red bandana on him and like he was just like completely yeah. like just yeah defaced kind of yeah. That was yeah. 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 Go ahead. That was the first time I like saw that and I was like heck yeah man. Yeah, and like you said, it's about time. Um, And, you know, we are honoring Natives on campus and in our community this month, but Native American heritage is all year, not just in November. But uh, the Office of Multicultural Affairs is hosting, you know, a bunch of events to celebrate the Native community for a list of these events go to csulb.edu forward slash OMA. And that's for Office of Multicultural Affairs. Aziza, what is your news topics? Let's go on your news. Yeah, of course. So um, actually, I did find another uh, alumni story that I'm going to share. My first story comes from our reporter, Sophie Parker, in which she writes about our current CalFresh coordinator, Vivian Hernandez. At 23 years old, Vivian Hernandez was homeless, sleeping on the folded back seat of her Mazda CX-7 with her dog. She parked overnight in residential areas as she continued to pursue her bachelor's degree in sociology at Long Beach State. During this time, she sought out CSUOB's basic needs program, which provided her with a meal cart to eat at the campus dining halls. Now, Hernandez is the CalFresh Outreach Coordinator at CSULB using the program's new office at the University Student Union and her experiences to help students feel comfortable enough to ask for help when in need. With Hernandez's help, the Basic Needs Program reached its goal of having over 2,000 applications filled out during the 2020 to 2021 school year. In the past, the highest number of applications received by the program was about 700. In the future, Hernandez said she hopes to obtain an even bigger space to support every CSULB student's needs and make a difference in their lives. She says, I want students to know they're not alone and to not be afraid to ask for help. There are caring people here for you. That is 
honestly so heartwarming to I love that see that she was like helped and nurtured by let's see SLB and now she's doing the same thing to others that is so beautiful that's amazing and like you said another alum who is just making Long Beach proud it's so great mm-hmm. to see like how someone had um like you said you know was helped by the campus and now they want to return some of that and I think like you know that's just what you do when you are given so much like you just want to give some of that back and we're so lucky to have alumni who who care and and want to help out students because they know best exactly actually I was doing some research on the beach pantry website and apparently parking recently launched a donations for citations program where students will be allowed to donate to the pantry in lieu of paying a parking citation for certain offenses Mm. you can find out more information about this at the CSCLB parking and transportation's website I thought that was kind of cool. I like that. I like that. Because, you know, I feel like when they give you a citation, okay, you pay the thing and you learned your lesson. But I feel like that it's just so short-sighted, you know? It'd be a lot more of a meaningful change if you were to do something like that, you know? Donate as form of you know, not punishment, but like, you know, uh, I guess your part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. And, and shout outs to those programs that exist for students because being a student is hard and don't even get me started when you have kids and family mm. and all these other responsibilities. It's, yeah. it's hard out here. Especially when you're like being an adult, especially a first gen adult, like she was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, CalFresh, CalFresh is available to everybody uh, even if you think you don't qualify for it, we still encourage you to apply. Yeah, absolutely. It's never, and like she said, you know, it's never a wrong idea to ask for help. People are available to help you and and our campus is so good at that. So great story, great article. Thank you. My second piece of news comes from an opinion article written by our reporter Mitzi Vasquez, in which she writes about why the Britney Spears case embodies a failed system for women's reproductive rights. Britney Spears is free from conservatorship, but the traumatic experience of stripping her reproductive rights lives on. Britney Spears has been controlled by her father for over 13 years. Although she's finally freed, her case embodies a failed system for women's reproductive rights. Spears' conservatorship started back in 20, uh, sorry, in 2008 when the Los Angeles Superior Court approved it. For years, she was legally declared, declared incapable of making her own decisions. When Spears appeared in court in June, she told the judge that she had pleaded with the people who controlled her conservatorship to allow her to remove an IUD so she could have a third child. In emotional testimony, she said they denied her request. She told the court that she wanted to remove the birth control device. So, quote, I could start trying to have another baby. But this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because, because they don't want me to have any more children. Spears, along with so many American women, fear and have to face reproductive coercion. Women should be in control of their health and no one, especially not a man, should ever intervene, especially now as the Supreme Court is preparing to strip women of their right to abortion. The Spears case looms especially large. The Texas abortion law in its order made on October 22nd agreed to review this law on November 1st, but will not block the law in the meantime. 
She said, quote, I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, or any of those things. She has spotlighted dialogue and conversations of reproduction reproduction coercion on court and social media. On Instagram, she shared her gratitude for the people who were involved in the hashtag free Britney movement. Yeah, if you don't follow Britney Spears on Instagram, follow her because she will spill the tea. But you know, it's about time. I mean, you know, could you imagine like being controlled to that extent where you can't even have access to your own birth control? That's unbelievably It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And it was total exploitation of her. Honestly, yeah. if I was her, I don't know if this is like insensitive but if i was going through what she was going through i saw her doc like documentary yeah. i would have shaved my head too like that wasn't just like a random like oh i'm going crazy i'm gonna shave my head it was literally like a f- like um it was what is it called it was a performance of like rebellion you know because mm-hmm. they were like not mm-hmm. even letting her change her hair so she's mm-hmm. like you know what i'm gonna just shave it off now what yeah yeah and and you know like she she's very vocal and i i love that she's so vocal now because she will say you know like so many people made money off of me so many people made money off of her body her image her body itself like when you think about it was sold was marketed was made money off of her body and and to have her whole autonomy controlled like so much to the point where you know she can't even make her own decisions on things regarding like medical stuff i think that's unacceptable i don't even know where that law came from and i think like that britney spears all these like celebrities that are coming out and all these stories that keep coming out which hopefully there are more is gonna make help bend these laws or at least make some new adjustments or something because it just doesn't i don't know why is this allowed I know I was really blown away by this when I like was first learning about it and I'm like grateful for Britney Spears because I feel like she's one of like the only survivors in that industry that like can talk about it and has literally been in the foresight of this like she's literally a survivor of this like dictatorship over her body for profit that's insane for profit simply simply for profit yeah, and you know it's it's gonna be a a story that's gonna keep developing, and I've I see a lot of twists and turns. But you know, think about I mean, how long has she been a celebrity for? You know, like mm-hmm. a good amount of years. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are making money from her for a long time, and they're not gonna want to let her go. But yes, that's that's quite a quite an interesting. I don't want to say interesting. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. it's a terrible terrible story so I forgot to mention I had a little opinion piece that I wanted to talk about on another topic this is going back to to native stuff but you know we are discussing sort of how November is native month this particular article written by me (laughs) written by me it was amazing I read it (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It's an opinions piece. It's titled Native Americans Want Action, Not Apologies. But basically, Mayor Garcetti recently renamed Father Sarah Park, and this is in downtown LA. It's right across from the Union Station. It's a tiny little park. Uh, He renamed it the People's Park or something like that. And, you know, it was a really meaningful ceremony. There were a lot of like Native 
uh, advocates and activists there. And it was like, you know, super heartfelt and everything. But, you know, when you think about it, Native people are not asking for apologies. They don't want, you know, a formal announcement of an apology. They really, what they want is just things to happen. So uh, I was able to interview CSULB Native American Studies professor, Teresa Greger, and she gave me like super, super insight on just like how backwards and behind pretty much California is, but like the whole country, you know? So for example, what she said basically is like three things. And this is why I think in the previous episode, I mentioned this, like there's three things really that they ask for. And what she says is giving the land back first and foremost to California American Indians. Number two, recognizing tribes with unceded territories. And three, assisting them in gaining federal recognition. But again, like just give the land back, you know? So the reason why it was renamed was because Father Sarah was one of the many, many colonizers um, from Spain that came to what is now California and established missions as early as uh, 1769. And when these missions were established in California, they pretty much wiped out Native Americans. It was, I mean, genocide, like that you would not imagine. They basically forced the religion on them, changed their names, changed their whole identity and forced them to believe something that they, the Native Americans did not believe. And so, as you can imagine, these sort of figures like Father Sarah have been very problematic and they exist all over the country and all over the world. You know, they are idolized like Christopher Columbus. So after the 2020 protests that happened in LA, people that were just protesting all around the downtown area came to this park. And this actually happened, like I said, in like June or July of 2020, but they knocked down the statue. And again, like, you know how you said, Aziza, that you saw the statue at Long Beach with like all that red stuff on it. Well, that's pretty much what activists do. They vandalize the statue and they tear it down. And it's basically a statement, either you tear it down or we tear it down. And so after so much of a protest, so much of like the native community just saying, we got to get rid of these statues, Mayor Eric Garcetti finally was like, okay, let's rename it. So if you go to the park, there's no statue there anymore. It's just like a stump and the kind of plaque thing that used to be there, but there's no statue and it's renamed something entirely different to see it right okay we love to see it i mean i remember like all 2020 like statues were getting knocked down left and right like robert e lee statues in the south and we had like christopher columbus statues getting knocked down in the other parts of the country like people are just we've had it enough why are we idolizing these colonizers that came and did just horrendous destructive things you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think, Aziza? Are you going to knock down some statues? I mean, I'm down. As long as, uh, <laughs> as, long as it's not documented anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think I'm sure like they appreciate the apology, but talk is cheap. Yeah, exactly. We are done accepting apologies. We want to see, no, we're, we're still taking apologies, but we want them in the form of action. Yeah. We want, we want this to be recognized. And we want to see actual like judicial change. Yeah. And just acknowledgement. Yeah, exactly. And you know, this isn't the first time that California specifically has like, quote unquote, tried to give the land back, you know, in 18, what was it? And like years ago, years ago, um, in between 1840 and 1870, 
the population of Native Americans declined from 200,000 to 12,000. And that really was due in part of just because of disease and like the removal of them. And it was, it was even allowed, it was even legal to see a Native person and just rip them off the street. You know, so you can imagine just how many people unaccounted for were lost. And like, it's just, it's terrible. And like you said, apologies don't do anything. I mean, apologies are nice, I guess, but if they're not followed by an action, just like if somebody hurts you, right? Like, and they apologize, that's fine. But are you going to change? California, are you going to change? <laughs> this is like a car accident. Like, where we just like hit a car yes. and now we're like oh my god so sorry oh my god that was such <laughs> that was so random i'm so sorry <laughs> my bad <laughs> my bad like no oh, that's man. yeah oh that's basically what's been happening man i know but uh... it, it looks like we are eventually gonna change and things are changing so you know parks are being renamed and and you know statues are being knocked down but um you know, it, I think one of the things, so the article goes on to say, Gregor's one piece of advice is in any engagement event or whatever, where we're celebrating like the United States, we should always shout out Native Americans. So like mm. at, when we're saying the Pledge of Allegiance, when we're singing the anthem at football games, when anything that has to do with patriot patriotism and America should always include Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And that I think is going to help normalize the fact that they exist, hello, mm -hmm. and that they were here before any of the United States was here, like any of it, okay? They were here mm -hmm. first, that's why they're called the first nation. But, um, you know, I hope, I hope things continue to change, right, Masisa? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, any other news that you're... Yes. excited to talk about let's hear it <laughs> yeah so my final news story comes from our reporter sebastian perez in which he writes the long beach transit officially reinstated its dollar 25 fare fee last month after allowing passengers to ride the bus at no cost for over a year the fare was brought back after the lbt installed clear acrylic barriers between bus operators and passengers throughout 250 buses last year due to the covid19 pandemic Mike Gold, executive director of customer relations and communications at L LBT, said LBT also enforced other health and safety precautions during the pandemic, such as requiring riders to wear masks at all times and to skip a seat or a row when sitting down. Gold said they initially suspended the fare because they made passengers enter from the rear, uh, rear door of a bus instead of the main one to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Due to the bus fare reinstatement, a series of discounted passes such as a 30-day and 150-day option are available until March 2022 for students. The 30-day bus pass is priced at $65, but offered to students for $40, and the 150-day pass starts at $325, but is offered to students for $100. You, have you ever taken the transit? I used to take the, the transit bus um, freshman year of college when I was dorming because they mm -hmm. didn't like let freshmen bring their cars. Yeah. So I think it's a very valuable 
service to ride mm-hmm. the bus, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people yeah. depend on public transportation to get to and from. But also, like, it's it's supposed to be environmentally friendly to make it accessible for students, right? Like, yeah. to have... Big carpool. Yeah, like a huge carpool. And that's, like, saving a lot of carbon emissions and all that. So, yeah, I think it's great. I've never taken the bus here, but it's good to know that it's available at $1.25 a ride. And if mm-hmm. you do take it often, get that bus pass. Yes. Yeah. Anything else, Aziza? No, that was it for me this week. Yeah, me too. That was it for me. But <laughs> continue to check out events through ASI. Um, and uh, there's a lot to look forward to for Native American. Native American Heritage Month should be exciting. So we can learn some things, you know, learn learn about Native American culture, history, um, you know, make it the center of your conversation. And and just like I mentioned earlier, you know, like in your Thanksgiving meal, be that relative that brings up Native Americans. You know, I'm going to be that relative Thanksgiving. No shame. You know, I, I make it the topic of conversation because uh, I know y'all are not going to eat this turkey and not think about Native <laughs> Americans. I know that is not going to be... <laughs> I know that it's not going to be this Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Shake things up. Shake things up. Yeah. Okay, Aziza. It was amazing as always to meet with you and talk to you. Um, I truly enjoy these meetings. Thank you, Sydney. Me too. (laughs) Oh my God. Why did I just bring for it? Cindy, Cindy Aguilera, my favorite reporter. Hey. Article because she she broke it down pretty well, but. Thank you. It was a great interview. You know, uh, Professor Teresa Greger gave me great insight on just like the history of how California has done natives dirty over and over again. Not once, not twice, three times. Mm. Um, And we got to talk about it. You know, we got to dig up that dark past and and face it. Right. Yes, ma'am. All right. That's all for this week, y'all. Head on over to daily49er.com to read these stories and more where you can read more campus news and stay in touch in Long Beach related news, as well as more multimedia content like this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Daily49er. Thank you, Aziza. Have a great rest of your week. I am also going to have hopefully a great rest of my week headed to Red Robins. Going to get some bottomless sweet potato fries. Can't wait. Yum. Well, enjoy those fries you deserve them thank you thank you what are you doing tonight just homework i have to that, do homework. you know what you do yeah. your homework girl do it mm-hmm. get it done get it done <laughs> southland is bringing its credit union experience to the long beach state campus As a student of Long Beach State, you are eligible to join with access to our new University Student Union Branch, student loan services, free checking, and free financial educational resources. Visit BeachCU for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily 49ers Beach Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Aziza Gomez, and I am very excited about today's guest. She is a fellow CSULB student majoring in liberal studies, and I have been dying to find out some more about mindfulness and balance with her. Without any further ado, 
Welcome Diana Navarro and her cousin Michael Valdez. How are you guys doing today? We are we are alive. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. We are breathing. We are mm -hmm. here. And very, 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 very thankful to be on here. And I am completely honored to be here. Like I feel like everything in my heart and soul told me to show up and say yes to this. And I'm glad I did because you are a gorgeous soul and I just need to say that right now. <laughs> oh, thank you, Diana. Yeah. No, from the moment I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so wise. Like, I, I feel like now I have an excuse to just take all your knowledge because I'm just like, here's a podcast episode. Uh. Teach all of us of your awesome spiritual stuff. Yeah. So Where how did, did you want to start? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, because yeah. I already, already have things to like talk about. Yeah. yeah. So how did you start your journey into mindfulness and balance? So I think for me, I, I was always very intuitive as a child as well. I was really emotional. I cried for the littlest things and I thought there was something wrong with me. And I thought there was something wrong with feeling so intensely mm -hmm. and feeling the world so intensely. And like growing up with like parents who didn't feel super um, understanding with those emotions as well was just like kind of me in my shell. And then um, I think when, when I went to college, I just started listening more and because that's like the first step of freedom you get since high school, you know, and it's like a little step from my parents. So I was just, it felt pretty alone, but I knew I wasn't alone because I'm with myself. And when you walk on this planet, you're always by yourself, you know, you're born on this planet by yourself. So I did feel pretty safe to feel my emotions more and more. And as I was allowing myself to do that, I just let things come into my path and and say that whatever is in my path is for a reason. And um, I was really, really fortunate to have listened to that because I was led to a lot of teachers and mentors in my life and they have helped me so much. And just trusting that everybody on this planet has something to offer to me, even if it's your cousin, even if it's your, um, your friend or someone you meet like in a classroom, they have something to teach you, you know, and it's just a matter of listening. And um, I'm really glad that I opened my ears and I trusted my heart and my emotions, which I used to be afraid of and starting to understand more. Yeah, it's a journey still. I mean, yeah, it's a forever journey. That's so yeah. beautiful, Diana. And you know what? We're here to listen to you today. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I feel like when I started gaining control of like my emotions was when I realized like everything does happen for a reason. You know, even if it was like something that I wish didn't happen at the end of the day, I'll be like, okay, you know what? It wasn't the best thing, but I did learn from it. And now I can apply this lesson like forever. Yes. Um, I think there's someone posted this not too long ago, but it was like, I think it was Lauren Hill or someone speaking about how life isn't like who who I don't oh my know God. Who you maybe saw that on my Instagram. She was it was it yours? Yes. Yes, I watched oh, it. And this it was, is exactly what I'm like. That that message yes. sounds familiar. Yes, yeah, so it was Lauren yeah. Hill. She She's was beautiful. giving she was giving like a speech or something and she was saying how like life is like literally a hill like you're gonna climb up you're gonna be at the very top for a while but then eventually you're gonna have to come down 
And like, if you think of Lauren Hill's career, it was like that. Like she was super big, like one of the biggest like artists in the nineties. And then she kind of like was handling her life. Like she had kids and stuff like that. Um, And then she kind of, kind of went out of the public eye, but she explained it herself. Like, if you're going to be in this journey of life, you're going to have to go through a bunch of hills. And that's why like a lot of rappers or a lot of like other musicians, they kind of go a little stale because they're just like, they're just so like, like now what? (laughs) Yeah. They're just so stuck to the idea of being number one all the time that they're not giving themselves enough space to evolve or to even climb a higher hill, you know, like they're stuck on one steep. Oh, you're beautiful. Hold up, hold up. (laughs) It's because I know that you're an amazing, amazing musician and you are just as intuitive. And I can feel it through your music and through the people that you you play music with. You guys all have like this, it feels like um it's like a connecting string in your hearts. Mm. Like when everybody's playing and, and exchanging energy together. And I really appreciate that you guys like facilitate that outwards as well to anybody that listens to your music and growing with your audience and growing with yourselves as well and letting yourself go wherever the journey takes you so yeah i've just been feeling that message for you and i I just needed to share (laughs) thank you diana also diana's been at like to all my shows no matter how small they've been she's always been there unless unless it's um, in a bar and i'm not 21 (laughs) (laughs) yes seriously that's the hardest part. I So do you have a daily practice that you like to um, do every day? Uh, I, I really do not like structure, which is like, I don't know. Usually people have like a ritual they do every single day. But for me, I just, I don't thrive on structure. It gives me anxiety feeling like I have to do something like one step after another every single day like that doesn't sound like living to me so I think the best thing that I do for myself every day is just listen to what the energy of the day has to offer I wake up um, and try to just give myself time to breathe before I before I go on my phone before I communicate with anyone (laughs) I I try to take a deep breath and say I'm alive today so let's see what life takes me where where that goes you know and then I go my day with that and I think the biggest thing for me that has helped that journey is just looking up at the sky every day that's like the the most thing I do like real like a ritual I do every single day looking taking a moment to to look at the sky because the sky is so freaking gorgeous and I it just reminds me like I'm on this planet oh my gosh I am human I'm here and um and we're all here together and I don't feel alone and um that's that's the biggest thing that helps me ground and watching the sunset and the moon rise I'm honestly I don't wake up too early to watch all sunsets <laughs> I mean sunrises, <laughs> yeah. sunrises but when I do it's, it is a gift and I I absorb every single ounce of that sunlight when it comes out into the world because it's gorgeous it's so gorgeous Dude, that is really gorgeous Meanwhile, I have a vitamin D deficiency because I, like, don't go outside. So, you know what? I'm going to take that into account now. If I go out at all, it'll be thanks to you because I'll be looking at the sky. The sun <laughs> is healing, man. The sun is, a, is, is literal energy force of the planet. If you believe in spirituality or not, 
the sun literally gives this planet life and when we are connected to it we're alive as well and like in it's just a it's like something with gratitude you know like thank you for bringing this planet life or bringing the planet the, i mean the plants alive bringing them life allowing me to be here right now so meditating on that that's yeah. big yeah <laughs> do, you, do you try to meditate every day uh i believe my meditation practices are every day yes but it's nothing specific it's just whatever i feel in my walking life i meditate when i walk i meditate when i talk to people i meditate when i am in class i meditate whenever i don't really know if it's like meditation it's more like just being present being mindful yeah and um understanding giving myself grace at the same time hmm. and um taking a deep breath taking a pause because i know everybody here is on their own journey and i i don't want to trigger something in someone else so by hmm. taking accountability of my own energy and being my true self helps other people achieve achieve that as well and like that's yeah. yeah <laughs> I feel like I, I went off topic a little bit. No, that that was so perfect. And you know what? To our listeners right now, wherever you are, you should just take a big deep breath and let it out. And make sure your jaw is not tight. You know what? Just do a little body scan. Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, if there's any time to do it, we allow you to do it now while we're all here, kind of having an open presence with our open heart. All right, also Diana is holding something in her hand. Diana, would you care to tell us what you have? This is my singing bowl. Um, it was gifted to me for my birthday, so uh, by my best friend. So this is my favorite one, I think, because it has good intention and it just has a really good vibration to it and it helps me ground and it helps me remember that that there's energy around us and that sound is is just as powerful as that energy and it can heal us as well so i like listening and feeling the vibrations that come off the bowl and letting it resonate with any part of my body that i'm feeling anxious because whenever you feel anxious you you feel it in different parts of your body so anytime i use the bowl i i feel the vibrations in my body through the bowls and the sound, the sound energies that's coming from it. And I just take the sound and navigate it through my body and allow it to like, just take away anything that needs to be taken away. Yeah, it's the best way that's I can explain awesome. it. All right, let those bowls sing, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just been a rough day but like also tiredness in the energy and <sighs> yeah ground yourself guys ground yourself because helping yourself will help others in the end mm -hmm. yeah i think that's so true i think I, I don't remember where i heard it from but it's just like if you're like a super important like community member or just like a super important figure in someone's life like if you're a teacher or a um, parent, an older sibling, like you have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. You know, like yeah. you wanna, you wanna make sure that you're not projecting any bad like energy 
to anybody yeah. else? I think, um, I don't know if I should share this or not. If the universe is allowing me to share this, one of my big goals in life. Mm -hmm. Go on, it just, it just, yeah, I came to my mind. And sometimes, like, it's, it's nice to share ideas, but also, I don't want to say it and, like, put karma on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever you feel Just if there's any teachers out there that tap in and listen, you never know who's going to listen to this. If there's anybody in alignment with this message, um, hit me up and talk. Like, <laughs> I like talking ideas of um, how to heal the world. And I'm open to talking to anybody about this if their hearts are open as well. I think that's why I said yes to this because yeah. I, I feel like you bring an audience already with your energy. Um, like the people that you manifest into your life too. That's, that's very strong. Yeah. So whoever listens to this is going to be yeah, in alignment. So I actually am open to talking about teaching. Um, I just started teaching vocal lessons and something that I've added to my like curriculum is meditation. Um, they first like come into like be taught how to sing and stuff. Oh my gosh. Stop I, I like to, I like to like, tell them like you know we all have like a bunch of stuff on our mind and when you sing like if you are very stressed it'll 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 like it'll communicate within your body through like tension you know so when you sing you want to be relaxed so yeah. you usually do like maybe like a 10 minute meditation and I feel like everyone including myself we're all just like ready to sing right after oh that. my gosh can you give me like some some tips on this actually I want to write it down because I want to, I, I do want to make an, the education classroom like that I'm going into is just, it's not music or anything. It's just um, general education. But I still think that we should sing and dance in class and like, and learn about energy and stuff like that. But what do you do with your students to calm them down before? Because when I used to sing, it was like anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And I couldn't even listen to myself again, you know, like. I couldn't hear it or I didn't want to acknowledge that that was my voice. Yeah. And yeah, because <laughs> that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm taking body mapping with Professor Reno, uh, sorry, Rena Uno. Uh, she teaches at the conservatory. She's super awesome. But um, what she, she has taught us is like, um, when you're doing meditation, you know, you like you, if you do like a body scan, that's usually what we do. We do like a quick body scan. Like, we'll sit together on the floor, and I'll play, like, the Calm app. And since since I know how old they are, I, like, find one that's, like, oh, for 11 to 12-year-olds. Yeah, I have Headspace, and they have that, yeah. too. Yeah, so <laughs> it'll just be, like, okay, notice, like, what colors are in the room. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and um, how's the temperature in the room? And now just, like, do, like, a quick body scan. And then afterwards, I'm, like, how did that feel? And then they're usually like, oh, I feel so relaxed. Or, oh my gosh, I couldn't stop, like, hearing the guitar. Because it's also at, a, like, a, an, a, an academy, so there's, like, random guitars playing in the back. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, okay, it feels silly to meditate here. But honestly, you can meditate anywhere, even if it's, like, a loud place. Um, yeah. I just, I just asked them, like, oh, what did you feel in your body? You know, like, did you feel, like, that you were tense? And, like, sometimes my students would be like, oh, yeah, like, I feel pain in my back. 
when I'm like standing or I'm sitting still for a long time. And like I learned in body mapping that like if you're in one position for a, a long time, regardless if it's like good posture or anything, you're still going to get like super tense and you're going to need to like move, you know? So I just yeah. try, I try to have like a holistic approach with teaching because I know like Me growing too. up too, like if a teacher is like just too focused on like teaching you how to sing and criticizing you on everything, like it didn't make me comfortable and it made me self-conscious. So I try to like ask them how they feel and what they want to kind of learn from me, you know? Um, yeah. So I was going to ask you earlier, you said you had uh, good intuition. How did you develop that? Can I actually go back to um, teaching for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just because I I also go to Cal State Long Beach in their uh, education field. So I, um, I'm i right now working with a lot of other people who want to be elementary school teachers. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, we need to know that we're also teachers ourselves. And just by you sharing that with me is like a teachable moment for me to understand and, and know. And like, I thank you for sharing that. But um but I wanted to say is that a lot of times people want to help others. Mm-hmm. They genuinely really want to just calm people down, let, let them have a good experience because when you have good experiences in like a classroom or um, with other, with your students, you know, it's like, it just makes it more enjoyable for yourself as well. So you want to have a good time. You want to make sure everybody's safe and everybody's like feeling good, but not a lot of people know how to facilitate that energy or you know how they can implement that in the classroom or in your case would be like singing lessons mm-hmm. how to how to make another person feel safe and i think that's that's the biggest thing that um my my program talks about in every single one of my class my math class my science class every class is about teaching how to teach that to students mm-hmm. and i think this semester they've i've been having um different approaches on teaching since it's my senior year so it's like you know, my, my senior year, like, uh, classes are more about yourself, right. understanding yourself, and where are you going afterwards, and how does your energy fit into that, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, with just trying to learn new things is the first step. <laughs> yes. Being a teacher means that you're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's learning from your students as well, and allowing them to have the space to teach you something and not say no about it like hear their point of view because they're just as human as you and they, they a lot of times students have cool 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 perspectives of the world so what i do my my most favorite meditation practice is to um constantly listen to my inner child and whatever she wants to do so when i wake up in the morning like i say i breathe and, it, and then i ask myself all right what do we feel like doing and I ask myself that constantly throughout the day. What do I feel like doing and why? Hmm. And then listening to myself and listening to like why I'm going to feel comfortable in that situation. How am I going to feel comfortable? And if I'm not comfortable, how will I not navigate myself through that? And I think that's, that's what I want to give to my students, understanding and giving them the tools to navigate through that because I'm only going to be their teacher for like one year and then they're going to go into the real world and they're going to 
go into real life problems and you don't really remember like subjects you know like you remember your teacher you remember the experience you remember the emotion yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i feel like um growing up in my um my district over in ontario or don't want to name drop but over in the ie um, a lot of of my teachers um were super like mentally abusive like out of the pocket like would like call some like there was a there was an instance where i had a classmate who dyed their hair like pink he was like oh that does not look good on you at all like why would you you're my music teacher you're not my parent you're like first of all you even if you were my parent like why would you just like insult your kid and like turn uh, around, you know and no, i feel like i know i know and, <sighs> like everything happens for a reason i feel like ever since i've had these experiences where i've had an educator or a mentor that has like not respected my boundary like now even more i want to make sure that my students feel um safe like you said safe comfortable and that'll allow them to open up and be creative you know like allow themselves to to even learn to open up and like learn something you know yes but also allowing yourself to learn and be like silly like you said like it might be silly to do this but to them it's like they're always silly you know i know yeah so you're like it's okay to feel silly because you're working with children or you're working with people like with that soul, that energy, like they like to be jittery. They like to explore. They like to learn, you know? So you should like it too. Yeah, definitely. I've already learned so much from like my first two students. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it's been such, it's been such a fun time, but also like, like you said, you have to learn how to be a teacher, but also like how not to be like a dictator, you know? And also how to learn to be silly. Like if, if I'm like talking to my seventh grade student and she wants to talk about nail polish and how she's like growing her nails and doing new yes. nail designs, I'm like, yes, queen. Yes. Wow. In high school, um, I actually had a vocal teacher and um, I, yeah, I did vocal jazz in high school and we would have like two people come in and uh, help us out. Mm-hmm. And I told them from the beginning like hey I'm not gonna go into I'm not going into vocal jazz I'm not going into to music so sometimes it doesn't feel like super important for me to be here at a singing lesson and waste your time because I feel like you know what am I gonna do with this or um but they were really 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 helpful and I learned so so much from them because they allowed me to speak and they let me do what I wanted to do and work on what I wanted to work on and um feeling comfortable with them as well like that was like a really really big inspiration on how how they taught me I'm like okay I need to make my students feel safe as well yeah dude I remember it was uh it was my second student that I had it was a little harder to um kind of bond with her because I think at the beginning she was like very attached to her old music teacher because I basically I started subbing for someone and then they became like my permanent students but she was like yeah when is when is um mr plank coming back oh i was like i was like damn like we haven't even finished the lesson 
<laughs> but then I was like, nah, don't take it personally. You know, like she's genuinely asking me. <laughs> yeah, and then like after the after like our second lesson, which was actually in person because the first one was on Zoom, her mom was like, oh my gosh, yeah, she really enjoyed the lesson. And I was like, no way. Was like, no way. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah, she's so cool. I I really love teaching. Amen to that. <laughs> I was like, me too. But yeah, so assessing this episode so far, we're talking about balance, mindfulness, um, creating a space, a safe space for everybody. But if you're going into a field where you're collaborating with other people, like if you're a teacher, you're talking with kids, helping, like helping them feel comfortable to open up to you and creating that space. But also you could really take this advice into any field. Like if you're a manager and you're running a team, like you want to create that environment where they can feel, again, safe to open up and share ideas. This should really just be for anything. Like it, it could be for anyone. I think uh, Michael <laughs> probably has something more to say on that. Michael? Yeah, I asked Brett. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hi, how's it going? He's here facilitating my energy, keeping me sane, you know? And, and um, helping out the podcast's energy, I think, as well, too, because yeah. Michael also brings really good souls I, into I, his life. I'm enjoying everything I'm hearing. Yeah. I support, <laughs> I support it all, seriously. Like, and, yes, and I just want to acknowledge, Michael, that he's in the room, and he's also he's also giving the energy that I'm feeling and giving to you. And it's like a whole energy exchange right here because he's listening and he's absorbing and he's feeling and he's letting himself feel and like talk whenever he wants to talk. And if he doesn't feel comfortable, he doesn't have to talk, you know, that's, and just knowing those, setting those boundaries for yourself and like for others as well. Yes. Yeah. And that's good because you don't have to be a teacher to do that <laughs> or to facilitate that or to like make someone else in your life feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. that's okay like you can you can make your mom feel comfortable by saying hey I'm feeling really sad today but I just wanted to let you know that I'm okay like that's something really big you can do to your family and friends that love you they're saying like today I'm not feeling the best but I just kind of wanted to let you know just in case it gets worse like that um that you know and it doesn't come out of nowhere you know <laughs> or like yeah and that yeah. I'm yeah. I'm here yeah that's a very emotionally intelligent thing to do you know, just to be like, you know what? I know I'm going to feel like this, so I'm letting you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I make sure to do that for my, for my friends and family whenever I'm in a room. You know, I always let them know how I'm feeling because I don't want my energy to, to drain them in any way or to, like, take from them or them feel like, like they have to take care of me because I'm feeling a certain way. And, like, because I can navigate through it myself. Yeah. I just need someone here to allow me to feel and that's sometimes really hard to find (laughs) yes honestly that yeah I feel like at the beginning like when like I first started college I was this person who would like allow people to just like dump all their emotions on but what I yeah I know I felt that from you (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so I was like girl me too (laughs) (laughs) so the the reason why I got burnt out I did in fact get burnt out from that the reason I got burnt out is because I felt like I had to kind of give advice to people, you know, but yeah. as like the older that I got and the more that I learned that like the other people can affect your energy just by literally talking to you and like telling you their emotions and, you know, letting things off their chest. 
Like yeah. sometimes you can just literally be there for them, but you don't have to say anything. You don't have to give advice. I'm just yep. here to listen to you rant, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to just be like, yeah, how do you feel? Just feel be that? there. Not, yeah. not everybody can do that, though. Not everyone should do that. It's really difficult to it put is. yourself second. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes difficult because, you know, you want to you wanna share, too. You, someone's here being vulnerable with you. You want to talk about your experiences as well. But that might not be helpful in the, in the moment. But mm-hmm. the, the hardest thing is just to read the energy, <laughs> yes. which is what spirituality and mindfulness come. Well, that's like more spirituality, how to like read energy and like navigate through that and like mm-hmm. what it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. like another topic. <laughs> yeah. So speaking on all of this, I, there's so many things I want to ask you. But OK, so when we first met, you said that I had a yellow aura. How did you know that? And also, what does it mean? Ooh, yeah, I knew. I knew this was coming. That's why I had to put my hair back. <laughs> oh, hold up. Hold up. Okay. Let me grab myself because sometimes when I speak about this, and this is like the biggest thing that was, I was feeling a little bit anxious to share about because okay. I'm not really comfortable like sharing spirituality with the world because not everybody's ready. You know, not everybody's ready to hear what I'm saying. And sometimes people call me crazy or sometimes, you know, like people say, no, how, how are you, how are you feeling that? You know, like that's not, that doesn't make sense. But then I, that kind of drained me, like talking about my experiences and trying to help other people in that way. And they're like, you're crazy. Like, why do you think so positively? Why, why are you thinking like that? And then Mm. it kind of made me feel a little weird. Like, what do you mean? I can't feel positive. What do you mean? I can't cry. What do you mean? That's bad. Like, what do you mean I can't feel another person's energy? Like, you guys don't know what this feels like? Like, what are you missing out on? And that's when I started, like, shifting my mind and really tapping into my own intuition and, like, and feeling. And then I, I started realizing that, like, no, I feel this all the time. No matter where I'm at, no matter what state of mind I'm at, I always feel energy. And that's okay. Mm. And um, sometimes it's like I, I absorb it too much. So I think spirituality and like learning about that um, helped me find it. And the biggest thing that I started to learn first was understanding color and um, what color means to me. And uh, I started changing my outfits more and and, um, wearing every single color of the rainbow so I can feel every single color of the rainbow, have it on my body, know what that energy feels like. How do I feel when I'm wearing yellow? How How do I feel when I'm wearing red? And I, I, it was really hard for me because I didn't always wear all these colors. So it was, it was really uncomfortable, but like life is uncomfortable and those emotions are comfortable, uncomfortable, but those colors exist in every day, you know? So how can I be comfortable? How can I not be comfortable with color in my body if I see it every day? Like how am I absorbing color, you know? Hmm. And under, like understanding the color that people are and, um, yeah, I, so going back to your question, it's crazy. No, it's because I wore yellow today too. And then you told me, <laughs> like, I never wear yellow, dude. I never wear yellow. And I just bought this shirt and I was like, I'm going to wear it today. And then you texted me, like, oh my God, that question. Are you letting me know about the question about the yellow energy? And I was like, what? I forgot about that. And I'm wearing yellow for like the first time. And like, <laughs> okay, that's when things get crazy. When, when synchronicities happen, that's when things get crazy. But that's in the. Yes. That's when you really let yourself feel it. 
but yeah. This shirt is amazing, and yellow looks great on you, Queen. Oh, thank you. It says, what does it say? Stay kind. Yes, my shirt is yellow, and it says stay kind on it. Um, yeah, I'm sporting a cozy look today <laughs> for all the podcast listeners. I listen to my intuition, and I let myself wear whatever color I wanted to wear. Also, I work with children, so I had a, I had work before this, and I like to think, like, how am I going to engage my student? Like, if I wear these cool colors together, like, they're going to engage with me and, like, feel my energy and, like, connect with me more because of the yeah. colors that I emanate already. And, yeah. So, yeah, you felt very yellow. <laughs> and I completely forgot that I told you that. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, sometimes things just, I have to intuitively say stuff and it just mm. comes out and I'm like, and I know it's for a reason and I'm like, that person just needed to hear it. I don't know why, but like, let me just tell you what yes, your energy feels like. Oh, yeah. I've done that to me before. I'm like, dang, how'd she know? How did she know that? <laughs> that's when things get crazy and that's why I'm like, okay, I need to calm myself down because if I say something like, like just because that's what I feel like, I'm not going to feel afraid of it. You know, I don't, doesn't hurt me for others to not believe me or not, not take in spirituality because no matter what, at the end of the day, that's what I'm, that's what I'm walking in. That's my path. And if it doesn't resonate with you, that's totally fine. But um, yeah, when I do speak of energy and when I speak of um, vibrations and stuff, you may not like understand what I'm talking about, but that's like, honestly, the best way I can share my spiritual ex- journey, my, my experience, because that's what I feel on this planet. And everybody has their own explanation of what they feel on the planet and like what their life feels like because we're all different. We're all human, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was very attracted to your energy, like very pulled in because you have just like this orb around you. That's what it felt like. Very welcoming and nurturing. That's what it felt like. Like like here. Does that make sense? Like I was just, I don't know. It just, it, it was super, super refreshing to feel like there's other people that feel. And I knew, I just like felt like you, you also were intuitive to an extent too. Like everybody feels this planet differently. Like, like I said, but I was like so intrigued on how you felt it because it felt very yellow and I don't really always like to wear yellow, but I feel like I don't know. It just felt like the sun energy. Does that make sense? And look, I have a sun right behind me in my background. And we were talking about the sun earlier. (laughs) It just felt like you, you do have sun energy because you draw people in and you are like an energetic force that, that helps people and that draws people in. And, And I think that's why you're a musician and like, and are called to, to share that energy sometimes too, because you have so much of it. And it's like, it could be, I don't know if like this resonates with you or not, but to me, I'm like, yeah. that's all I was feeling. And that's yellow to me. Yellow is just feeling like comfort. And uh, like, it just, it just was really, really, really wholesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. You give me big yellow vibes also. Thank you. I, I like to, I like to tune into pink a lot. I like to tap into my pink energy because that's like where I thrive as a child. Like I love pink. I love purple. I love like all things like that, you know, but I also love yellow. Well, yeah, that's why I wasn't like super into yellows, but now I do appreciate it. Just cause I was, I was raised a traditional girl on this 
planet. You go to your side, like, and in like this this society. Like, I was raised a traditional girl. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. pink was always around me, so I love pink because it's it was always around me, and it just feels like like happy. It just yeah. that's what I should feel when I'm happy because it's pink, and that's what a girl's pink energy feels like. Like that's how I knew. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no shame so, in liking pink. Pink is yeah, no, a I love pink. Color. Pink is amazing. Pink <laughs> vibrates so, 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 so high. And when guys wear pink, oh my gosh, their energy vibrates like 20 times. Like, but it's just, it's beautiful. When men wear pink, oh my gosh, men out here, please wear pink more. <laughs> if you ever have worn pink, hit up Diana. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> okay, so earlier, <laughs> so earlier you had mentioned that um, your intuition has brought you, like, many mentors. Would you care to uh, talk about some of them? Yes, of course. <laughs> so my first um, mentor, I always, always, always like to bring him up. Whenever I talk about my journey, too, like, even fellow teachers, they ask me, like, who's your favorite teacher and why? And then, and I share like this person because they were my philosophy teacher in my, my, not my high school, my college before Cal State Long Beach. And, um, he was just so wise. Like he was older and, um, I always just trusted older people. (laughs) If I'm going to be honest, I just trust old people because they just, well, not all old people, but like, they just feel more wise. So I had this teacher, he was my philosophy teacher, teaching us about like all these different kinds of religions, all these different kinds of point of views and, and philosophy that, that's on this planet. And the way he would teach us is through experience. He would allow us to know what it was to meditate. He taught us how, what, what even was that? Because um, opening the perspective that everyone on this planet feels and um, understands it differently and, and is gravitated towards all these different religions, right? But what do they what do they even feel like? And why do people gravitate towards them? And I think that's what he facilitated. And I am just beyond, beyond thankful to have him as, as a mentor in that time of my life because I was super depressed. I was not okay. And like, I didn't know even how to say I wasn't okay because I thought I was okay. Because I felt it for so long, it just felt normal. And I, and then when I started realizing like, no, this is not how I should be feeling life. I shouldn't be allowing people to treat me like this. I shouldn't be feeling like dark blue every day. Like every day, it just felt like so dark blue, like gloomy. Even when it was sun outside, I wouldn't absorb the sun. Like I just didn't, I didn't recognize it. I didn't know, I didn't recognize myself. And then uh, he took us to a, um, a temple like a buddhist temple for one of our our field trips he took us to a, a buddhist temple and we were learning how to meditate with monks and um when we were there yeah they just started teaching us and then we were able to meditate with them in the temple for 30 minutes and that was the first time i ever sat and meditated or even like tried meditation you know but sitting down and being silent with myself for 30 minutes and silent with other people in the room and like how uncomfortable that felt. I was like, man, like, I wish I could feel like the monks, like looking around, like seeing how, how calm they were in the situation. And they were like vibrating at like some weird energy. And I was like, 
what are they feeling? Like, what the heck? What kind of life is this? And then that's when I was like, I want to practice this more. I don't care what it is. I just want to know what, what, what are they feeling right now? How are they so calm right now? You know? Mm-hmm. And that was like my driven force to understanding, just like observing other people on this planet and like seeing how they live life too. And Michael talks about this a lot with me, like seeing like, what kind of energy do you want to be? And like, you kind of see it through the mentors that come into your life. Like, whether you like it or not, you're like, yeah, I like that person. But why do I like that person? What mm. do they bring that I don't have? Or, like, why, what, like, just questioning that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, lost track of what I was No, yeah, that was so <laughs> good. Oh, well, yeah. Also, like, if you're in a position where, say, you are, um, like, in a relationship, like, if it's, like, an educational relationship with a teacher, like, if you say to yourself, oh, my God, they're so talented and so wise in, like, this specific topic, but they're so rude or they're so mean, like, being able to accept the great things about them but also acknowledge, like, they're also, like, human and are also going through their things. So I'm going to take what they say with a grain of salt and not be exactly like them. You know, we all said that at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was strong. That was really powerful. But yeah, um, that was my first of many teachers. And as I was saying, like, I meet, I meet people like that now every day because I, I want, I just wanted to know how to get to like thinking like a monk, you know, like being how, how calm they are when they walk or how calm they are when they, when they sit down and like, they feel so unbothered by the world and I just wanted to feel that confident or like if you can't see it in spirituality then you can see it as confidence or you can see it as just being yourself how can I be myself and not be anxious and not be afraid of what someone else thinks about me Mm -hmm. you know like that's big and um I through that I think um question I would question myself that every day which led me to other teachers who had the answers And I didn't even ask for those teachers. They just came into my path. I just kept asking the question, like, what is it that I need to learn? And I'm willing to learn. And, like, knowing that people here are giving you lessons every single day. Since that teacher, I let all my other teachers teach me lessons. And even if they were considered good or bad teachers, they still were my teachers and they had something to teach me about myself. It doesn't matter about, like, the subject they they taught me something about myself if I didn't like the person or the professor how does that reflect on myself like I just I just thought like that Hmm. and that's just teachers but for mentors um I I followed something a lot of things on Instagram that led me to mentors like spiritual mentors that I that I am alignment with which is like sound bowls and um healing circles, Reiki, and um, stuff like that, uh, because they just know how to facilitate energy, and the first person I had guide me through a sound bowl meditation was, like, also, I guess, luck, because um, she just kind of popped up on my feed on Instagram, and she was, like, playing the, um, these sound bowls, and I was, like, dang, I, I, that, what is that? Like, that sounds so, so beautiful. And then I was drawn to, like, her, her page. So I just followed her. And then it turned out that she was L.A.-based. And she was, having, um, she was having a sound bath, like, the next week or something like that. And I was, like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm going. 
you know this is like down well not down the street it was in um uh kind of like venice beach it wasn't so kind of not not like super far but yeah the drive you know mm-hmm. and um i allowed myself to say yes and go and it was so so scary to take that jump because i was like what even is this who are these people <laughs> but i'm excited because they seem like they feel a little bit like the monks you know they, they seem like they're very powerful and they're when they sit down they they feel like grounded yeah and i want i wanted to know what that felt like and going there was amazing amazing experience and has opened my my doors and to to other teachers like that and allowing people in my life to also bring that to the table like healing energy as well not just teaching me lessons but like healing me as well because we're all powerful that is so amazing Oof. I remember um, one of the most like powerful visualizations that I came across when I was like learning how to meditate was like just absor- absorbing like your mind flow, you know, and kind of like picking one of your like thoughts, think like just acknowledging it, but then just letting it go away. Like it's like a balloon, you know, or like a cloud just floating away. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not these emotions. I am the person who is having the emotions, but they're not me, you know? Like, I have control if I want to hold on to it or if I want to let it go. That was a big one for me. That's amazing. Yeah. So what are some practices that you would recommend to a beginner who wants to start managing stress or get more in touch with themselves? Um, I think I would – I was talking about this with my own practices and – just looking up every once in a while, looking at the sky and um, going for walks is, is really, really nice. Um, getting air, those are very simple things that you can do. Just absorbing um, what's around you, even if you're just like walking to class. I, this is my first semester on Cal State Long Beach campus actually. And I've done a lot of meditation there and like walking to my classroom, like understanding where I am on the campus and like what's next in my life and accepting that this is my one and only year here. So I have to absorb as much as I can because, you know, I I really want to be, yeah, take it in as much as I can. So just taking in your surroundings, looking around, noticing something that you didn't notice before in your room. That's something I started doing. When I, when I started, like, um, I didn't know where to start. And so I think I started just paying attention more to my surroundings, like, and noticing, like, when to clean my room and stuff, kind of like feng shui, like moving things around when it didn't feel right or, like, making the energy how I wanted it, adding, adding more color, um, moving around furniture, that, that's a start understanding what you want to feel and and why is it that yeah yeah well you have been such an amazing guest diana um i'm sure we've all learned many things from you tonight so again i want to say thank you to you and thank you to michael for being here and Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Giving you goodbyes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, we all here at the Daily 49er wish you all a great, um, a great and bountiful life. Yes. <laughs>